0: It's the 49er Faithful, the UK show. Week 5 brings the sweet scent of Victory Monday once again. And it's a Dallas Cowboys smelling Victory Monday, which makes it even more sweeter. And... Just to make it even more sweeter, it was a prime-time Levi's battering, forty-two of two ten, of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Gareth Ellis, and still laughing like Stephen A. Smith. It's Lee Gowan.
1: Hey guys, how are you doing? Paul Hope,
2: feeling pretty good, Gareth, especially because you're back, buddy. Yeah, oh, thank you.
0: And Najee Kumar.
3: Hello, everyone.
0: Good to see you, boys. Uh, thanks for covering the the show while I was on holiday Lee uh good no, job no
1: problem no no problem but you've disappointed as I thought you might have went with the ooh ah, ah Najikara
0: yeah well I only pull it out at special occasions but uh yeah it was good good show good to see I, I left it in in safe hands uh, it wasn't quite the chaotic avant-garde performance art piece that I'd expected but uh it, it was still still a good listen felt like uh, it <laughs> Have you uh, have you managed to narrow down that game into just three talking points since I, I know that you haven't done your homework this week? Can try. Go on then. Um, Paul. Paul usually does his homework, so I'm going to pick on Paul first.
2: George Kittle, Fred Warner, Brock Purdy. That's what I want to talk about. Fair tonight, enough. Chaps.
1: That's pretty succinct. Lee? Okay, so I, I will take two of them. So Fred Warner, George Kittle... But the third one, I'm actually going to go with the offensive line.
3: Mm,
0: good choice. Edging?
3: Good choice, indeed. Well, we've got to talk Brock Purdy, obviously. We have to talk about the Discord Fred, which was absolutely on fire. And Dallas embarrassing themselves once again. They're very good at it.
0: They are. Uh, I've got going on with a little bit of... Uh... Lee's movie theme from the last show I was on. Uh, defense does Dallas. Don't get the reference. Don't ask. Yeah. Uh, Fred Warner, Deep Hoy, and uh, I'm I'm going to say it. This is bold, and it might be a little bit early, but I think we're all thinking it. Brock Purdy is the best Niners quarterback since Steve Young.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I agree with that. I'd,
3: I'd even say since Joe Montana,
1: but uh, oh, Steve Young was good. I, I Steve Young was good. Yeah, that is bull. Yeah. That is bull. So He's along good. the movie so thing, good. Um, rather than like three three positions or anything like that, I was going to go with them. Um, we, we broke the back of the mountain defense oh. by give, nice. by giving them a raw hiding to nothing, and they truly <laughs> went home as a one star rated team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
3: Like one
2: night in the Discord group, Nadji. Look what's happened to Mr. Cowboy. <laughs> yeah. But That's, yeah. we do have to say, Gareth, not only a huge win against the Cowboys, but our mm-hmm. biggest victory margin against the Cowboys, I heard this morning. Now, I wanted to test that with and Lee, in, because Lee's the historian. Three quarters.
1: I, I think that would be correct, because I think the previous biggest one was 45-17.
3: That would be then, yeah. yeah. In three quarters as well, yeah. not even four. Quarters. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, let's start with Brock Purdy then. We we often do. Um, I, hopefully, I think we're we're going to see some of the narrative change. It's uh it's Sunday night. It's prime time. A lot of people thought Dallas were going to be a really good team this year, uh, and Brock Purdy just cut them to pieces with. As, as close to a mistake-free game as you will see from a quarterback. Uh, I've put it out there. Uh, I think he's he's up in that, that top level of quarterbacks, even after, what, 10 starts now. Uh, the consistency and the fact that there's barely been a poor de- decision, let alone a poor quarter, let alone a poor game in that period, uh, is just phenomenal. Um, I don't really know what more to say about it, so I'm going to pass it over to uh, to Paul.
2: Let's all say it together. Brock Purdy is the real deal. He's a great oh, yeah. quarterback. We've talked on this show, perfect has been mentioned quite a lot. And Brock Purdy is the perfect quarterback for this team. Yes, he has all the weapons around him, Gareth. Um, my non of friends were rubbing their hands together for Sunday night football. This Dallas defense, we're going to do this to Brock. They were all very quiet today, chaps. And the mm. talk has turned to the Browns' defence is going to be his real test, but you, you, you touched upon it there. He finished the night 17 for 24, 252 yards, four touchdowns, and some of those throws. Now, for the stat people out there, I saw this stat, Gareth, that's saying Brock can't throw. And I thought, this will be good for the show. Brock threw all four of his touchdown passes from outside the tackle box. It was the most in a game since the next-gen stats era. He completed seven of 10 passes over 10 air yards for 166 yards and three touchdowns. And he leads the NFL on completion percentage at 72.1% on such passes. Now, I could spend hours waxing lyrical, but all I'm going to say is the confidence we have in this offense. Najee was driving the Brock Express last year. Lee and the chaps were at Miami. How can you not enjoy watching this team? Brock Purdy, those throws. Am I right, Najee? Have I said enough there, oh. or are you wanting to jump in and mix a little bit more of what I've said?
3: Yeah, I. You know, it's really interesting because I think Collinsworth put it pretty well when he uh, the game started. You just you expect when you look at the tape and you look back at the games, you expect to see just him being helped by CMC and Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and Trent Williams and you know a good running game and a good play calling and all that. But it's it's not even that. I think it. I generally think CMC is that good because Brock Purdy is that good. And BA is that good because Brock Purdy is that good. And Kittle and all of the, that. I, I think with the narrative is going to change, but I don't think it's going to go quite the way it should be, which is he's the best QB in the league by far right now, I think. He's better than Herbert. He's better than Mahomes. He's better than Josh Allen. And it's not even close. Um, I mean, I watched the Vikings-Chiefs game. And Patrick Mahomes is a very good QB, of course, but the the way Brock Purdy is playing right now is it's just another level. Um, I think somebody said it in Discord, and I know that's gonna make some people shriek a bit, but it does remind me of like 2012 Tom Brady. He's just unstoppable. He's just dealing and winning. He does whatever he wants, and it's unstoppable. Um, no one has been able to so far. Stats show he has just yeah. It, it's not a train anymore, the the Brock Purdy Express is. It's a full on rocket ship, full on into space, full full speed, as fast as you can go. And it's never coming back. Um <laughs> it's just he's so good. He's so good. I'm definitely buying more jerseys. I don't even care. I just yeah. I don't know what else to say about this guy. Go only. Come on Lee. More mate. superlatives, please.
1: <laughs> so I, I agree that Brock Purdy is the best performing quarterback. In the NFL currently, and I think that's a lot to do with the sum of all the parts. So I think he's I think he's a excellent quarterback. What he does, and I'll pick out two particular throws, and they were almost identical throws as well, but they went to different receivers. One was to Ayuk, one was to Debo, where he dropped it smack bang in the middle of four different uh, cowboy defenders, and that had to be pinpoint. He and he did yeah. it twice, and he did it with ease, and. At no point in that game was I worried that he was going to throw an interception. He had a couple of it down at the line of scrimmage. So sort does of, sort every quarterback. Yeah, it happens. But I think because of the team he has around him and his skill set, I think Najee's right. He's the best performing quarterback in the NFL at the moment. And I don't think any team would relish going up against them. Um, we, we mentioned the Browns. I think it was Paul that turn around and said somebody said oh well your next big test is coming up against the Browns you have to do it against the Browns first and I kind of do agree to some extent because I definitely rate Miles Garrett above Micah Parsons I think he's a better player so I think he's going to be um, a bigger test for us but I also think to say that to say that is unfair on Brock Purdy Brock Purdy has now done more than enough for people to sit up and take take note. And Richard Sherman has been one of his uh, most uh, ardent advocates. He's telling everybody how good this guy is. And we've seen yep. it. We've seen it. I mean, I mentioned it pre-season last year. There's just something different about him, just the way just the way he moved, the way he looked. And he just mm-hmm. looked as though he was laser-focused all the time. And even when things weren't going that well for us at the start of the game, when we Getting our drive stopped a little bit after after the first drive. That is, you could see the focus in his face, right? W- what do I need to do to move the ball again? And it's just, just so pleasing to see.
3: There's a there's a prime example uh, the, the big play to Ayuk that got called back for a hold. Yeah, or some, yeah, yeah It was a hold. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, what a shame! And then he goes next, very next play, <laughs> yeah. and it goes for thirty yards again. <laughs> exactly. It's just like he has you can not just like bad plays just slide off him like and it's not even a bad play it's a good play that you get taken away but you know generally that just that kind of stuff stalls the drive because you're out of rhythm and you're bit annoyed so you know it's focused it doesn't bother him it's like oh okay it was a whole no problem I'll just do it again and again and again and as many times He's just everything that he does he does so well it's very impressive
1: Yeah, y- you could see both um, Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott were polar opposite, opposites last night even, even when the yeah. Cowboys were still in the game but it wasn't going Dak's way you could see the, the, the pressure, the stress on Dak's face yeah. and he was getting frustrated whereas Purdy wasn't and I think that was the huge difference because Dak Prescott, he, he can throw the ball he can hit receivers but he's always got that little bit of um, doubt in him whether or not the, the occasion's going to get too much in just silly little things which he did last night Several times, to to my (laughs) dear Well,
2: well, Lee, you've said that there. I'm glad you mentioned Dak. Dak was 14 for 24. Purdy was 17 for 24. But the big difference was uh, Dak turned the ball over three times. Purdy threw for four (laughs) touchdowns. There was the fumble recovery as well, Najee, but he actually threw for three interceptions because watching that game back. So, like you said there, Lee, the stats, if you look, they both had 24 completions. And just while I've interrupted you, We've talked on this show about the offence and Kyle Shanahan, but I think we need to start saying that it's because of Brock Purdy. It is the Mm. weapons, but it's Brock Purdy now. And that's why I'm laughing, Lee, because the non-Niners fans who've been hitting me up on Twitter, who've been waiting for him to fall flat on his face, surely they have to see it now. I know we're biased, we're a a home team show, but for me, it's because of Purdy and it's not the weapons around Mm. him.
3: Yeah, I mean, exactly. there, is pre- there is precedent. Like Jimmy did play with, I know CMC was very young to the team, but it did play with everyone, and we barely scored 17 points a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it was just CMC, Debo, and Ayuk, and Kittle, we would have scored at least 20, or, you know, those games would have not been that close. And they were. So it's not just the, the weapons. It is Brock. do I think it starts with Brock. If the If Brock wasn't playing well, the weapons couldn't play well. So yeah, I I don't want to hear he's elite. He's he's the best be in the league. Period.
0: It always does. People say that you know the best quarterbacks elevate the play of the people around them. I think that's difficult with our playmakers, but he's getting the best out of them. And I think one thing we'll we'll perhaps transition into one of Lee's points. But you can see there's a certain calmness about the offense, and that's the O line as well. That they seem confident in him and they're confident that he's going to pick up and direct them to where they need to be. And I think he also, he's settled in. I saw him a few times, uh, you know, particularly where he's, he's can see the, the, the rushes that are going to come on him. And he seems to know, okay, Trent Williams on that side. I know he's going to hold it for four and a half seconds. Colt McKivitt sees on that side, maybe three seconds. So I've got to start moving. If I haven't let the ball go, he's, he seems to go right. Okay. Uh, mckivitz is going to push him outside all i've got to do is step up and and it's eliminated he's working with his offensive line and working sort of around them and through them or at least maybe i'm reading too much into it with my uh um oh. completely amateurish approach to to trying to understand what's going on in the o-line but you just see that the calmness and the trust and the idea that if we have a bad play it happens. And sometimes defenses make a good play on it. We we've we've been used to having these periods with our offence just stuttering. Whereas, yeah, we pump the ball now, but it's usually just didn't one or two plays didn't work out. It doesn't seem that the offence has hits the buffers like it has done a couple of times in the last few years, where we've had an entire quarter where we've struggled. And just seemed out of sorts. And it's everybody. Suddenly there's a drop pass. Suddenly there's, there's a miss block or running back isn't, isn't where they're supposed to be. Purdy just commands everything and everybody knows what their job is. Everybody knows where they need to be. And they just trust Brock that he's going to tie it all together. Cause I think that's what he is. He's, he's the oil in this machine. Um, more than any potential moving part of it, but it's what makes the whole machine work. Uh, and I'm still from, his second, third game, every time I watch him, there's something else that impresses me about him, and it's still happening yeah, yeah, that's enough about Brock, we could go on all night uh, oh. o- O-line, oh. I mentioned it briefly there Lee, but that was uh, that was your point point.
1: Uh, yeah, and so
0: oh your player watch as well
1: yeah, so I thought, I thought the O-line played um, pretty well considering who they were going up against, I, I thought there was a lot of pressure there, I think it was it's a bit of a yeah, well apparently, allegedly, apparently. <laughs> Um, I thought thought it was a bit of a really strange decision by Mike McCarthy to slip Mike Parsons over to the right-hand side to go up against Trent Williams. It made no sense. Um, I I don't know if he was was trying to make a point that uh, their defence can go up against anybody. and He he really failed to make that point. (laughs) Um, I think Aaron Banks kind of set the tone for the game early on in the first half. When he um, he slapped the um, the <laughs> Dallas defense around the face, because essentially that's what our offense did for the whole night. We just slapped them around the face, treated them like a petulant little child who turned up to our house to try and um, spoil a party. Um, and he kind of made them look ridiculous. I, th- I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, we should find out in the next uh, 90 minutes whether or not Aaron Banks is going to be long-term IR or whether or not it's going to be yep. short-term. Hopefully it's short-term. It was-
3: It was questionable to come to come back, which he he was never ruled out. Which makes me think he's so the forty-nine is a
1: cautiously optimistic because it was a high bicep injury, not a low bicep injury. Apparently, if it's a low bicep injury, it always needs surgery. If it's a high bicep injury, it could be a few weeks out and then he's back in. But to be honest, I mean, he he went out at the end of the first half, and John Feliciano came in, and he played excellent. (laughs) I mean, you, you can't yeah. really fault the O-line at all. They made the running lanes that we needed. They kept Brock protected. Obviously, he had that one sack. And when we look back at the Steelers game, I keep on saying this every pod, and I think I should stop saying it now. I think we should just use that, that Steelers game as an outlier for oh, God, yeah. a particularly bad game by the right-hand side of the O-line because they haven't really repeated that. No. Each game that goes by, Mick Kavitz is improving. Um, I I can't remember if it was the last game no, it was game against the Rams where he did a little, let a little bit pressure through but he's improving week by week and you can see that and he's bound to because it's the very first year that he's played right tackle and the more games you play the better you're going to get and again I'll say it I always said three to four weeks before we can actually see what they're really like so that came at the Cardinals game and then last night just seemed to be it, it just seemed to bear fruit all over the field both sides of the ball and we just dominated and i mean the O-line was the one weak point that i thought we might lose that battle and we didn't we won that battle hands down mm. i
0: think but i feel a bit sorry for trent williams because he made it all the way home and found that micah parsons was still tucked in one of his pockets so i had to run him back to the stadium to catch the bus
1: so... <laughs> I've, I've, I've got to say, Trent Williams made Michael Parsons look incredibly ordinary. Incredibly did, ordinary. Yeah. I, I don't think he'd have that type of success against Miles Garrett, which is what I was saying before, because I think Miles Garrett is a better player. Um, but when you looked at Michael Parsons last night going up against Trent, it could have been anybody that you're we watching, could have been any, any defensive end that we've seen this season going up against Trent Williams. He, he just threw him aside like a rag doll most of the time.
2: Before we move on, Gareth, I'm smiling because I watched the press conferences today on my lunch break. That's how exciting my lunch break was. And when Brock Purdy was asked about the O-line, he was beaming from ear to ear, this smile on his face. And he was straight away giving love to the big guys up front who saying, I can't do it without you. Now, my non-Niners fans are waiting for the stats to come out because they believe that the Dallas pass rush for some reason, there was something wrong with it. And I was like, yeah, there was something wrong with it. Cause Ooh. I want an offensive line played Well, and I'm looking at the stats. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> Micah Parsons, I was going to do a PDA at the end and say, anybody know where he is? Cause he hasn't been seen since he stepped into Levi's stadium. I mean, all the Cowboys fans were hitting me with, he was going to be the defensive player of the year. He was going to come into Levi's. He was going to, you know, show you what a real pass rush can do. And like you said, Lee, the fact that they lined him up against Trent Williams, just played into our hands. Now, the so Niners ran the ball, Gareth, forty-one times for one hundred and seventy yards. But Nadji, we smiling because on the preview pod we talked about what we needed to do well, and it was like lighting up like a Christmas tree on Discord, Gareth. But that Jordan Mason touchdown was a thing of oh. beauty, the way that O-line stood up and he just powered mm. through. And I'm not normally one for a cheeky celebration, but I've got to admit, Naji when he put his hand up to celebrate when he was through the hall, <laughs> that was just poetry and motion for me. So I just wanted to mention those
3: two things about the O-line before we moved on. Yeah, we'll talk to Jordan Mason in a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, they did their job very, as you said, not just laying up my Parson against Trent William was weird, but... Just rushing four the whole night seemed really baffling uh, thing to do. I thought they could get home with just four and not get picked apart by Brock. Um, clearly, wasn't a good choice for them. Um, but yeah, no, Colton McKivitt played a lot better. Uh, his, his pass um, uh, protection is a lot better than Maglinci. However, his run block is still to be desired i think we're really struggling running right um definitely not as good as when my was around there's a couple of times you can see he's, you know he's slapping his hand because he's a tad late or he's missed a block on you know tunnel screens and uh, on the stretch on the right side but he'll get there i'm not i'm not worried i don't it doesn't really matter to me uh, when you can just run left towards strength and and just finish them with Jordan Mason whenever you can. It doesn't really matter. Um but yeah, no you're right, Lee. I think that's the good thing is you we see progression from Al Kevin and Burford as well. Um and it's it's just I it was always gonna happen. All lines take time to gel and get better and into rhythm. And uh, it's only week five, you know, there's 12, 12 more games to play. So So, so what um, I found
1: out what what I found really interesting about the O line is Aaron Banks played pretty much the full first half. I think I don't think he came out until the end of the first half, and then John Feliciano played the second half. Aaron Banks finished the first half uh, rated forty eight point two on PFF. John Feliciano, he finished the second half rated seventy five point
3: one. Nice, that's good. I mean, I think the Cowboys kind of gave up, so it's it's hard to put any.
1: It was kind good of... to see though. It was oh, a beautiful it was great thing. To see. No, I'm not a saying that. a thing. Saying...
3: The thing with PFF Graves sometimes is they, they're not pinch and salted. They don't give you the context of what you Well, I yeah,
1: I mean, that, that that's obvious when you have a look to see who our highest graded player on offense was and that's Jordan Mason with a ninety-one zero.
3: Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. 10, 10 carries. I mean, he played really well.
1: He did. I'm, yeah. he did I'm, I'm, I'm not putting him down, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> I forgot to mention when we were talking about Brock, I... I felt it was massively disrespectful of Kyle Shanahan to take him out at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. Oh.
3: Although, I would have loved to have seen him till the end and just put 60 points on them. That would have been cool too. But no, yeah, ultimate disrespect. Do,
1: do you not think mm-hmm. at the back of Kyle's mind, he's thinking potentially we need to go up against this team again in the playoffs, because even even though we put yes. a beat down on them, I, I, know, I know some NFL coaches don't like to run the score up I know Jim Harbour no. definitely did, which was the whole point yeah. of the uh, rivalry <laughs> with um Peedy.
3: Yeah, exactly. I, I, well, this is not a obviously a Cowboys podcast, but these kind of losses it can break a team. Mm. It was ugly. I think th- there's going to be some discord in the in the dressing rooms. And
1: well, I, I'm actually this... surprised that Mike McCarthy hasn't been sacked yet. I, I am. I'm gobsmacked he hasn't been sacked yet.
3: I just don't think they would. They did believe they still can do it. But I think another couple of loss, bad loss, which are probably weird against Philadelphia, um, you know.
0: Well, that, apparently according lives. to Mike, Micah Parsons, we're, we're practically the same team as the Cowboys.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Practically right. that's the right. same
0: players and the same, same playoff chances. So anyway, yeah, we, right. we, we'll move on from that. There's still a lot to cover. Um, <sighs> let's, let's go to Wall pro Fred. Um, it's going to be like Brock Purdy again. What else can we say? Uh, he, should be in the conversation with Defensive Player of the Year after after that performance. Uh, if he can pull out another few yeah. games like that, I mean, what more can you ask of a of a player? It's it's rare, I think, that you see a linebacker take hold and be so dominant in a game. I remember back in back in the day when I first started following it, it we had Lawrence Taylor, and I think he was one of the yeah. few guys you'd ever seen dominate from that position. You know, people can be very good players but you rarely see that level. Uh, and we've got two guys doing that um, and two guys in a, in a perfect tandem with Fred at the front and, and ably yeah. backed up by, by Greenlaw um, and, and Alvin Burks as well. Um, take it away. Najee, go on. You're, you've been on the old Fred's
3: train for a while. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> the original man crush. Um, still still very high up on the list obviously um yeah i think i think you're right to compare him to lt and the likes of ray lewis and uh, like those guys are just you know you know where they were on the field the whole time because they made an impact every game every play no matter what they were doing and the way fred is playing and the way he, he just carries a difference he's the guy at the front pulling everybody um and raising the level and The intensity that he brings is insane, and he's so good. When was the last time you saw a linebacker covering a slot corner 60 yards downfield? And I I know the guy was open, because let's face it, he was open. But he's there, and that just doesn't happen. And the fact that we trust him to do that, and the fact that he's doing it, without asking any question, he just does his job. And there's no diva. It's just, he's our captain. He's just, yeah, yep, I'll just do it. I'll do whatever I need to, to win the game. And he, yeah, every time he's around the ball, those tackles are amazing. That punch was insane. <laughs> it's just like, and then he got the pick, which we called finally, uh, of the deflection of, of your guy, Gareth, mm-hmm. and all the way around. Did he, oh. It happened the other way around, didn't it? In against the Rams. Um. So yeah, it, it was bound to happen. And if he carries on playing like this the whole season, he's not just going to be in a conversation for defensive player of the year. He should be in conversation for MVP. He changes the game uh, by being on the field. And it's, it's just so good. We we need to re sign him to multi million dollars of years and it'll uh, stay with us forever. He better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to follow up on that then? Well, Well,
1: go on, Paul.
2: Now, I was just going to sprinkle some of the stats in, Lee, because when I was getting Mm -hmm. ready for tonight, sure, I hang a jersey up like Nadji, and I was thinking, who do I hang up? Kittle, Bosa, Fred. Now, Nadji was the original man crush for all-pro Fred, but I quickly jumped aboard, and I've got my uh, Fred Warner jersey. Now, you've talked about the peanut punch there. You've talked about the pick, but you're forgetting the sack on third Stack down. on as well, yeah. <laughs> Prescott. You're talking about the fact that if you look at the stats, eight tackles, one for a loss, a sack, a pass deflection, a forced fumble and an interception. And if you want to Every go and see a bit more understanding, <laughs> Gareth, we always shout out on this show, Brian Bolginger dropped a video about half mm-hmm. an hour ago of Fred Warner and seeing him moving across the line, the way he's shouting the communication out. Like you said, Najee, not only is he the, the best linebacker in the NFL, He's up there for the best defensive player. And we could spend another half an hour talking about Fred, but I just wanted to sprinkle some of the stats in because if that was just him alone, Gareth, the defence was awesome. But <laughs> there was a lot more for us to talk about. And to quote Lee, Very it was fair. fantastic
3: to see. <laughs> it certainly was. I, th- on, th- say I, think,
1: it, I <laughs> think the pleasing thing, if you listen to what they were talking about last night on, on the broadcast was people have stopped referring to Fred Warner as all pro Fred Warner. They're now referring referring to him as a generational type linebacker. He is that good. He, he's not just excellent for his generation, he's generationally excellent. And I think it tells it shows. I mean you've just discussed everything that proves it. The forced fumble, the interception, the sack, the tackles, he, he's covering slot receivers. It's just amazing. I mean, every, every every time you see him play, he kind of surprises you a little bit more. And you think, well, he can't do any more, can he? He can't, Surely he can't do any more. But then the next week he does some more. Yeah.
0: I think if we could, we could have Fred Warner playing at every single position in the in the defence and we could, still we probably could because yeah. he probably yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> Corner yeah. maybe out of push, but uh,
1: the, the, there's yeah. a lot of debate over who who was the uh, the best best tandem out of Willis Borman, Warner Greenlaw. I would have really have loved to seen Willis and Warner play together because oh nobody God, would have been God, able to run now. us. nobody has been yeah. able to pass on us.
2: Imagine
3: that. It'd have just would been insane. daft.
2: Well, that's the thing you just mm. said there, Lee. We're talking about Fred Warner, and you said where Greenlaw was epic last night. Burke's flash. Yeah. So not only do we have Fred Warner on fire, you put those two guys beside him, added to the defensive line. It's like a cheat code. It's like I'm playing Madden, and I've signed all the best players, and <laughs> nobody yeah. can get past me. Greenlaw well, I do think that.
3: that I've- I think Fred does is the ultimate enabler. Though. I think Dre is that good because Fred is that good. He's is is our Brock Purdy on defense? He just makes everybody around so much better because of his drive and his motor and the effort and and the technique and the, you know in the classroom, he knows what's going on and he calls the play and he calls everything. And I think it allows somebody like Dre to be that good. And yeah, it's he's, he's incredible. Um, so, be, because
1: the Dallas Cowboys didn't really spend much time on the field, <laughs> on <laughs> offense, <laughs> then, I mean, the, the total snap counts for the defense is quite low. I mean, look, looking at that, I think the highest one I can see there is 37, and that was uh, Diomedol-Lenor. Oren Burks, he ended up playing 25 snaps. He came out with a 94.6 rating. Oh, wow, wow. He absolutely nailed that game last night. Mm. And it's funny because we talked about him in the, the preview show and I turned around and said, I don't think we're going to see that much of Oren Burks. I, I thought his time more was be limited. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But as it turns out, Oren Burks was uh, on the field a lot more than what we expected and he did play his part and he played his part really well.
3: It's a good segue into what we called on a preview, I think. We... I, I don't think we needed it last night because we were damage dominant. Um, But this is what happens when, you know, the little names that we don't talk about all the time, like Burks and Givens and Gibson, and when those guys play really well on top of everybody else that we have, it just produces a bit down like that. And our defense was just um, so much better than against the Cardinals. There was... And at any point, there was never any doubt that we would win their game. I mean, that's what I felt anyway. Even when they scored that touchdown, and the NFL. You know, teams are going to score touchdowns. Uh, it's so much easier for, for them to do that. Um, I, I, Because I, I was worried when I stayed up first. I was like, oh, if this is a narrow biter, or if this doesn't go well. But as soon as kickoff happened and we marched down and scored, I was just like, oh. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> be a great night, this, um, and uh, yeah. I just, you know, it's this complementary football that we've been seeing last year. Had struggled a little bit until today. Our defense wasn't playing as well, and uh, our offense has just been unstoppable. But now, when you get it all together like this, uh, it's it's a beautiful. It's beautiful to watch, and we, we we would have beaten anyone forty-two to ten. I think at this point. So yeah, it's good to see. Um good shout out to Steel of Weeks, I think, has listened to the pod, played a lot more man, gave our D line more chance to get down there. Uh it was good to see. Uh he had a he had a different plan than what we did last year, last week. Uh it worked a treat, so he's gonna sprinkle a little bit of everything now and we're gonna be so much more unpredictable on defense. It's it's oh yeah, I'm looking forward to next week already and the week after and the week after, mm-hmm.
0: et cetera. Good, good shout out to, uh, Steve Wilkes. I was going to mention that as well. Obviously, we forget that defense has been together for a long time, but it's only the fifth game with this defensive coordinator. and I think you can see the, the scheme and the rhythm and the feel for the game and, and the play calling is all beginning to come together. And like you said, uh, it's great to see suddenly other defensive names like Oren Burks, Isaiah Oliver, and, and good to see Kevin Givens appear on the stat sheet. He's been hanging around for a few years now, um, and it's great to see him um, have a, a a bit of a bigger day than the, than the sort of spot cover that uh, we've seen from him before. Uh, and it it bodes well, I think. Uh, Dallas just couldn't do anything, and that's what our defense is doing to teams. They've just stopped them doing what they want to do, um, and that's winning the line of scrimmage, and then all the other guys mopping up anything that comes through. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a joy to watch. Anything mm-hmm. else on the defensive side before we move on to a uh, uh, Mr. G Kittle, I think the birthday boy.
3: Well, we, we should mention, cause we haven't talked about it, that we did trade for another defensive mm-hmm. uh, and, um, which I, I think <laughs> is super scary for people to even think about that. We could actually be better next week. Uh, but yeah, Randy Gregory, formerly of the Cowboys, um, pots. I mean, for what we're paying, it's no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, The rich get Keep richer,
2: don't I mean? Nick, yeah. Yeah. Nick Borsa said it's an $80 million head rusher for, what, 800000 And there's a lot of talk, Gareth, last week that Borsa's not getting sacks. This defensive front isn't getting sacks, but Dak Prescott was hit nine times last night, seven by the defensive line and a sack for Nick Bosa. And we smothered their Russian attack and the blitzers just ate. And it doesn't always, we've said on this show, the eye test, you don't always have to get stats. I think Nadji is a big one for that. Dak Prescott was shell-shocked. He did not know where that pressure was coming from. And he was shaken up that much by the pressure. Three interceptions. We called for two, Gareth, in your absence. Maybe we were being a little bit too, not as bold, because you weren't here, but we'll take three oh. and a fumble recovery. Take, take
0: three. I think that the, the only stat that matters on the defensive side of the ball is how many points do your opponents get. That's it. Yeah. And it well, it's the same on the offense. Right. The only stat that matters is, is the points when the fourth quarter clicks down to zero. That's the only stat that actually matters. Um, so yeah, I'm not bothered. I've seen a lot of stuff about, oh, you've paid all this money for Bosa and he's got two sacks. It's like you're, you're just showing up. Yeah, we we'll really we'll <laughs> understanding what's going on there. Um uh, should we move on to Kittle? I think, um, I think we'll start with Paul. Did you, did you have a little prediction about what Kittle might? might do in this game, but I remember that from the uh, preview show.
2: All I, can, all I can say, chaps, is you you have taught me well. So to give you your credit, Gareth, you've introduced the new segment of the Scouting Report. You've made me go away mm-hmm. and watch a lot more game tape. And I did feel quite smug that I said, against this type of, type of defence, George Kittle would have a big day. Now, what's interesting, he only had 67 yards, chaps. <laughs> he had three touchdowns. And I'm going to Nadja's probably going to chuckle at this. The standout player for me was the Detroit player. It will be forever known as the Detroit player. (laughs) If you're in the Discord chat, you know what I'm talking about. The end around, Uh... the bit of trickery, and the fact that Purdy stood and knew he was going to get hit. But happy birthday, George. The birthday boy turned 30. And what better way to do it, Gareth, with three touchdowns? And when you've got Christian McCaffrey scoring four touchdowns, you've got Ayuk going for 148 yards, Debo being Debo. You forget we've got Club 85 in the house and that's the beauty of this team. How can you not be excited watching this team? One week at CMC and for me, George Kittle, all three of his touchdowns were just fantastic to Lee. I was absolutely <laughs> dancing around. Um, he became the most recent 49er to set a career high with his three touchdowns to pass his previous high of two, a feat the tight-handed accomplished. Five times before last night, but there's no better sight for me in football than George Kittle smiling that end zone, spiking that ball. So, yeah, I was absolutely buzzing, Gareth, that we got it right, as Nadji said. <laughs> yeah, you said. Bang on. You got it right. Yeah. A good yeah. call. A good call. And I started him in well, fantasy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice,
0: nice. Can you add anything to that, Naji? I think I've been mean, great to see him. He's been quiet, but we know George is happy to do whatever he needs to do. And I think we've, we've seen yeah, last think... season how effective Shanahan is at using him now. This is exactly what I'd expect. Quiet and then one or two touchdowns or quiet few games. And then Shanahan will pick his game and say, this is going to be your game.
3: Yeah, I mean, quiet, I think, is doing a disservice to him yeah. because CMC doesn't get that many rushing touchdowns and rushing yards without good old George blocking um, because he's he's the best at it, as well as being a threat like this. Um, yeah, no, it's not much else to say. It's good to see, though, because you do sometimes, even as a fan, tend to forget that he can do it and he has the ability to be the best tight end, receiving tight end, that is. In the league, if we were that kind of offense, um, but no, I'll take it. Uh, you know, great prediction by Paul. Uh, great play designed by Detroit. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll take it. We did make it look slightly less good. I think they practiced it more than than we did. Um, but yeah, no, it was <laughs> it was it was wonderful to see that and to have a, a Josh Gill all day, uh, not far from uh, national Thailand day. So. Maybe he's yeah. ramping up to that. So maybe he'll have four touchdown next week. Or... Is it want, next week? I think next week. I asked for week.
2: five, didn't I, Nadji? I was being we, greedy, Gareth. I asked for five, but I'll settle for three every week, Gareth, if that's three, very three is good.
0: Give the poor guy a break. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think the good thing about uh, George Kittle is he's the ultimate professional. He never ever complains when he's not getting the targets. He doesn't complain that he's being asked to block all the time and then he'll have a game like this and you can just see how much he's enjoying it. He he enjoys scoring touchdowns as much as he likes flattening people. I mean, that's obvious from previous games when you see the camera on him. After he's flattened somebody, and he's laughing his head off. Um, And I think he he will have enjoyed last night and I think he'll have fed that little bit of an appetite to to get in the end zone again. And I think it just spreading the love around the team. I think it keeps everybody happy and it keeps everybody focused on what the ultimate goal is and the ultimate goal is for the team to be successful. And that's to get that suitable.
3: I'm also starting to think, you know, with the, I don't know if people have seen the picture of him showing some swear word to Dallas. Um, you know, we've been talking about the fact that we may lose some of the people next year. And I think he, he would probably be at the top of the list, I think, because his contract is quite big in terms of that. But the more I watch him play, the more I see him around the team, him and Huff on the sideline, and etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I think he would happily take a pay cut to stay with us for, a, for his entire career. And I, I hope that I'm right. I hope that. You know, his side business are big enough that he doesn't have to worry about playing in the NFL, uh, you know, getting paid in the NFL. But I, I, I fingers crossed, and let's all wish it into existence that we have Josh Kittle as a Niner for his entire career. Uh, I would happily, happily give anything for that.
0: Well, he's, um, he's, yeah. he's I, not even that highly paid. What is he, fourth no, or true. fifth? I think like Hawkinson is earning more than him and he's.
3: That's true. Yeah.
0: If I'm going to be generous, yeah. he's half the player George's, and that's being generous. I think he's a good tight that's, end. Yeah, but that is, He's a good. How is his, his agents? Good. His agents earn that. Uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Any other names to mention before we'll we'll move on to the player watch? But if, it, if there was anyone else you wanted to pick up, no, good, quiet.
3: Uh, play. I mean what? we could we could talk BA, we could talk Debo. Jowan Jennings, could, you know, having a good nineteen yards. CMC uh, we could we'll, talk. CMC having you know a good fumble, no cool we'll call, CMC. Unlucky it. this year this mm-hmm. this week. Last week he rolls over, scores a touchdown. This week he rolls over. It doesn't happen. Um so no, what, we could, what, I mean we could talk about everything. Well Kyle and John
2: We've, are doing Gareth. They're allowing us to talk about different names every week. So this week we will yeah. talk about George. Next mm. week might be talking about Ronnie Bell. And Nadji laughed when I mentioned that in the Discord group at the start. But Ronnie Bell was solid. He was good on it special so teams. Very Again, good
3: special
2: team, yeah. the, the odd time we stalled. Give a shout out to our punter Mitch. And Ronnie Bell was there. Nadji, the one oh, yard Mitch. line, So mm. number ten flashed. So that was my player. Watch to get it out of the way from Jake Moody. It's a shame Actually, not to see him a... get to kick a field goal, but he's still perfect <laughs> on the uh, It's points. not
1: so much of a shame as it was not getting to see Parsons try to kick a field goal. Well, <laughs> yeah, agree, say, he, 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 he had the opportunity.
2: Tradition. And then I thought Nagy was ahead of me at one point because Nagy started cursing Jake Moody in the Discord group. And I was thinking, what if I missed? I only went to get a drink because he missed a field goal. But I think it was I a smart really to...
3: prediction, wasn't it? Yeah, because well, it was a penalty and the, the Cowboys didn't take it. On the extra point, I was like, "No, just make him kick a forty eight yard extra point. He might miss it, and then I can get my thirty four but bang on, otherwise it's thirty five you see he's just touched down uh does it didn't matter so, so
1: let me get this right, Naji. You were hoping for Moody to miss a point after,
3: yeah. I mean, C- what better C- game C- to call me
2: miss? This is your fault, <laughs> Gowland. Look what's happened. <laughs> Look as what's happened with this predictive.
3: I mean, game to miss one than, than this one? And then it's got it out of the way. It can you know miss yeah. one when it doesn't matter?
1: It's, I've got yeah. to say, at one point during the game, I was really worried because you three were all on seven points and I was only on five. So when we <laughs> when we got that extra touchdown towards the Mason. end, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought fun. Tabulous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very close. <Neely. laughs> Very close.
1: Nearly. We all oh. ended up on five.
0: Yeah. So, briefly, uh, play Watch, you've covered O-Line a bit. Anything else on McKivitz, uh, Lee?
1: No, not really. I think I've covered McKivitz pretty well um He continues to get better each game. He, he does have, every now and again, a lapse in concentration and, and pressure comes through. But, like I said, it's only his fifth game at right tackle. I'm quite happy with what we're seeing from him.
3: What was his grade? Have you guys grade
1: around? It was actually quite yeah. low, but then again, offensive linemen tend to score low for some reason. McKivitt's uh, 54.4. Um, Aaron Banks was the only offensive lineman under him, which was 48.2. When we have a look at some of the others, they did actually score reasonably highly. I mean, Spencer Burford's 73. Jalen Moore, who played 11 snaps, 73.6. Feliciano, 75. Jake Brendel, 75.7. Matt yeah. Pryor. Matt Pryor actually played 11 snaps, came in, 76. Yeah, fourth Trent, quarter. Yeah, Trent Williams, Pre-season. 78.8. <laughs> yeah. We, we so we haven't mentioned
0: uh, Br- Jake Brendel by name when you just mentioned that. was That was something else I was going to mention that we we haven't mentioned him because he's, playing pretty much flawless sort of football for his position really he's not uh, making uh, the mistakes we're not hearing his name called when there's when there's a flag on the field Um, and he's turning into a proper solid centre I think
3: yep I have one more name Paul just mentioned it briefly but Mitch Wichnowski wow those puns he's good isn't he Lee for a for
1: further (laughs) well you know
3: best draft pick ever
1: I thought he was a fifth rounder, Mitch.
3: <laughs> oh, fifth fifth round, that's right, yeah. 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 Actually, you might be no, right. Yeah. I
1: think he was a fourth rounder, Mitch. I think Andy Lee... I thought, be- yeah. yeah, Andy no, Lee I before can't, him. I can't remember. A uh, long sorry, time ago, but... Bra- Bradley Pinion and Andy Lee, the two the two punters before, and we took them in the fifth. I think Mitch was the fourth, and Moody was the third. Whoa. That's right. I mean, Moody. Um, yeah, Moody's been excellent. Uh, and and yeah, Mitch has- Yeah, uh, I mean,
3: Mitch is on fire right now.
1: I- every now and again, I just hope that the defense or the special teams let a runner through let a returner through just see mitch flatten just like (laughs) he did what was the very
0: first game he played the first three three season game wasn't it
3: yeah he came out of nowhere like a
0: missile and nailed someone didn't what what, was another dallas cowboys
3: could have been
1: i think it might have been yeah and he just absolutely flattened this guy (laughs) and the legend lives on today Mm. indeed he does best number 18.
0: You mentioned a little bit of Ronnie Bell, Paul. Anything else? Yeah, sure. I, I, was, well, I was clinging on, staying up, hoping for a Darnold to Bell 80-yard touchdown. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, my, that was my disappointing work. bit at the end of the game that I didn't see that, but there we are.
2: The only thing to add in, 14 snaps, but the wide receiver was obviously Debo. And uh you last night. But we've said it before, it's nice to see him in the mix. It's nice to see him on the field. And we all know on this show, if you contribute on special teams, look at Walmart last year, you get a ch- chance. And I did think it was great that he contributed with those two catches and put them down. But uh one final shout out, Gareth. There was lots of the UK faithful who stayed up live for prime time. We shine brightest in prime time. But the banter across whatever platform you were on, I did notice a lot of the UK faithful were up. And I'm betting there was a lot of unproductive UK faithful (laughs) around the country in offices today. Because I know I had four hours sleep and I struggled. But I think it's not lost that because we're playing well and this was a big game. It was nice to see the Discord chat. It was the first time I've actively participated in a game day thread on Discord all the way through. And... I'm sure Nadji's waiting to jump in and tell me some of the banter on there last night at uh, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I'm I'm howling. I'm DMing you guys. And it was a bit close to the board in parts, but it made the actual experience of the game even more enjoyable. So I just wanted to give the Discord group a bit of a shout out before we moved on.
3: I mean, yeah, I mentioned it already, but last night was I had so much fun. I I genuinely was in tears at that point laughing. Uh, it was that funny. Yeah, we were a bit rude and definitely not family friendly but i think at 3am uh i think we can, yeah, allow you can get it. away with it you can get away with it uh definitely wouldn't uh in certain other circumstances but yeah it was all good natured anyway it wasn't uh, there, there wasn't anything that was eyebrow raising uh but yeah no it's uh, it i generally felt at some points that i was watching at a watch party and i'd lost track of the game and i couldn't really you know, the same way you watch when you have lots of people around and you talk and you drink and all that, you know, it, it felt like it. And I was by myself in my living room at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Uh, so all I can say is thank you, everyone that joined in on Discord, on Facebook, on Messenger, wherever you are. We're, it was a lot of us. So well done to you. And uh, it's obviously a lot easier when we're winning when we're winning big like this. But yeah, thank you. It was great. And um, less of it next weekend because we're all going to be at a watch party. So I'm guessing it's going to be a little less uh, active. Yeah, it'll be but virtually silent. Yeah, yeah, probably. It'll just be me, me and Gareth mm. uh, talking to each other. <laughs> uh, but we still got 11 more weeks after that. So uh, let's keep it going strong.
2: Oh, ten. If you... I can think of another game. It might be quiet.
3: That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true.
2: If you've
0: got your breath back, do you want to wear um, Jordan Mason? Your boy,
3: Edgy. Well, I mean, Jordan John Mason should have won MVP. He clearly Obviously. won us the game all by himself with 69 yards. Nice. And, um, yeah, I know. He's, I yeah, I. I'm going to go back to what I said during the preseason. I think we should get rid of Elijah Mitchell. I don't think we need him anymore. He's unfortunately always injured. When he's played this year, it didn't look quite the Elijah Mitchell that we remembered. Uh, Jordan Mason, however, has just carried on from my left off last year and that game in Seattle. He did exactly the same. He's just strong run. He runs so hungry. Um, he's unstoppable. He's like a wrecking ball. Um,
1: did, did you see hungry? Does he need a Snickers?
3: I said angry. Yeah. <laughs> Not hungry. Um, or both, I guess. <laughs> if that it works. Um, but yeah, and then that with a 26-yard touchdown that clearly sealed the game. And I think at that point it was all but, all but done. Um, just took their soul. He's the finisher for a reason, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy I stuck with him because he didn't play much the first few weeks. Uh, but yeah, uh, him... Number two, with CMC number one, I think, could take us all the way, easily. There's a lot of people will read about CMC's um, workload, Gareth, and Mason
2: coming in and doing some of that. Before you finish off, chaps, I wanted to turn the tables. I want to ask all three of you one question. Last night was epic. It was fantastic. As Lee would say, there was lots of amazing moments, but I want each of you to pick one moment, your one standout moment. Last night, I gave mine away earlier, the Detroit. Special player pass because of, one, how epic it was on the field, and, two, because of the Discord chat. So I want each of you three to pick one moment from last night and tell the listeners why that was your standout moment. Touchdown, a player, a defensive player. Just one, though. You're only allowed one.
1: Right. So so I've got two, but the two are exactly <laughs> the same, identical as what I've already talked about. And I can't remember which one it was because one of them happened just after we had that. Uh, I think it must have gone to Debo Samuel. It was it went Debo Samuel. So it was that uh thirty yard pass over the middle that dropped in between four Cowboys defenders straight into Debo's arms and off he went. And that kinda of negated the fact that we've just had a huge gain pulled back. It was as though it never happened, and Brock Purdy didn't flinch at all. He just absolutely nailed that pass. And to me, that that was the point it wasn't the point where I thought we've got a really good team, it was the point where I thought, wow, Brock Purdy. Every time you see him play, he's just improving, improving, improving. And it's still hard to believe how good he's looking at the moment. And that was my one standout moment. It was my wow moment.
3: Nice. Mm. I, think, maybe still I, know. <laughs> I think I'm, I may know where you're going to go. Maybe, if you re- if you can remember, because um, you, you love the guy. But I'm going to go with the threat pick because... He deserves it. Uh, it's been coming, and they it was quite still kind of early on in the game, I would say. It was, you know, um, the game wasn't wrapped up or anything. But I think that that's the one that really kind of broke Dallas's back, and uh, it was the first pick, wasn't it? Yeah, because Gibson and then Burks was the third one. Um, so yeah, I think Fred's pick fully deserved, teammate with Lenore, uh, teamwork with Lenore, I should say, and uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with that. I think it's at, 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 at that point. I really thought we got this. This is gonna be a bloodbath now. Um, but yeah, that's that's my my moment. I think.
0: Mm, tough one. I think uh, it might well have been Jeez. the the, the pass to the Devo. but yeah, I think it's it's gonna be a use check touchdown. Um, yeah. who, who who doesn't love the guy? And I think it's just an example. Okay. We've seen, we've seen. In previous years, sometimes those little short plays, we've seen the passes float or go to the player's knees. Um, and Brock knows exactly where he's going to throw it. Uh, Kittles, uh, sorry, uh, Juszczyk is exactly where he needs to be. And it just looks so simple. It's it's just it's a walk-in touchdown. It's a nothing. It looks like a nothing play. It looks like there's nothing to see there. Um, and that's just when your offense is purring. So well that even down in the, in that narrow strip, when the ball's on the two three yard line, and you've got no room to manoeuvre. How on earth do you get a guy that far, that wide open to just you know? I, I'd have thrown that touchdown pass, um, and that's probably saying something. But I'm I'm reasonably confident I would have made that pass because it was just so easy, <laughs> or or at least Rocky makes it look that easy. Um, and yeah, I, I do love me a use check touchdown. Um, he's he's a guy I'd love to see we'll him get, get his scores and love to see him get his yards because he does all that dirty stuff. You jumped ahead of my uh, my player watch. Demo Lenore, another good game I think. Pass defended, um, and pretty quiet game for the for the passing attack from Dallas. Uh, I always think that's best if your cornerback is is no tackles, no passes defended, nothing. He's had a really good game, um, but Lenore came in with a few tackles. So I think he's he's pretty far up on the. Uh, tackle leader, I think, out of the team this season. Um, he always seems to put a shift in, and he always seems to be around the ball. And I don't think any receivers get a, an easy game against him. I think he'll always fly under the radar, perhaps, and not be that flashy. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm always impressed. Shall we move on to the score predictions table? Does somebody have the yeah. uh, the technology? I do. I do indeed. I haven't seen uh, this for a couple of weeks. I, I didn't do too bad on the Cardinals prediction, yes. I don't think.
3: You did? Oh, sort of spoiler alert,
0: you
1: still lost.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we scored seven, unfortunately. Yeah, so, yeah. But but yeah Look at your yeah. points yeah. now, um, Ch- Gareth.
0: I'm impressed, buddy.
3: Throwing it back. Throwing it back. Yeah. So for the people listening, we've got Liam Paul in first place with 31. Um, third with 27, so four points behind. And Gareth, three points behind me with 24. Mm. So you're only seven points away. So, you know, in one game, you could claw that back.
1: Easily. I mean, to be fair, on a single game, Gareth is the highest scorer on the cards game with nine.
3: True, yeah. You're
2: the closest oh, one true. so far. Yeah. There's no coincidence that's the one we didn't do the follow-up show, Gareth, when you're on your holiday. I think it's just I, a I coincidence. Did that. <laughs> yeah. I did notice that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's good, good, nice little bit of fun there. Uh, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um, a few public service announcements, but one thing I, I spotted earlier, just a little bit of non-Niners news, uh, our old cornerback, Emmanuel Mosley, you may remember, blew his ACL. I think it was his right oh. ACL last year in week five, came back for the Lions this week in week five, and he blew his other ACL. Um, oh, that's terrible horrible. to see. So uh, a little bit of, uh, I know he's he's not with us anymore, but get well soon, E-man. Um, he was turning into potentially a good player. I don't want to see that uh, ruined by by two back-to-back ACLs. That's got to be just spiritually crushing uh, for a player to come back and then just have to go through the whole thing again um, in terms yeah, of the that rehab well, and the physio. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, um, it's brutal. It's I think brutal. it will show a shift in now. Uh in our politics uh, policies about players, isn't it? Uh, we don't really take chances anymore. If people get, I think we've got Scar too much by so many injuries and probably one of the reasons we let him go in the first place, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's a shame, bad news. Mm. Don't like that.
0: No, but next up, uh, it's a visit to Cleveland and the small matter of a 49ers watch party in London that I've heard rumour of. I will sadly be unable to attend. So so that's probably Thanks. just doubled the uh, uh, the amount of other attendees. Uh, anything Any <laughs> final uh, things to say, Paul or Lee? I think hopefully everyone should be pretty much up to speed with it because you're, you're a bit late now if you're not. So.
3: I can say again for people that didn't listen to the last show.
1: but Yeah, just make sure that you download the 49ers app and then you can get your ticket on that because you'll have to show your ticket as you go in the door. Um, there's currently 500 tickets sold. We don't actually expect 500 people to turn up. With it being a free ticket, people will have registered just in case they do want to go. Um, we've already had a few people turn around and said, look, I've got a ticket, I'm not going. Can you give it to somebody else? And we've managed to put them in touch with somebody else who didn't get a ticket. So, at the moment, I I don't think there's any outstanding tickets to to give away. But if anything comes up during the week, we can try and put you in touch with the person who's holding that ticket. Um, I think the last thing is just enjoy yourself when you get there next um, Sunday. And make plenty of noise because the Sky cameras are going to be there. They're going to be broadcasting from the venue again. Um, Fantastic. And, obviously, we're we're all kind of on trial.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're wearing Mm. the home red. And I know we're trying to kind of emulate what Breezy and Chapman do with the whole Rush Road trip and the takeover. So I'm not yeah. saying you have to wear red, but that's what I'm going with. And the people I've spoke to are going with a red jersey. And like you said, Lee, if you've never been to a watch party before, you have probably part of the group, you've seen the social media, come to the party. And if you don't know anyone else, come and approach me or Lee or come and approach someone you might have spoke to on the Discord group. And I'm sure all four of us will say once you've been to one watch party, you'll come to another one. And if you walk into the venue and you don't know anyone, you're a 49ers fan, you know everybody in that venue the second you walk yeah. in. And um, There'll be yeah. lots of us dotted around all over London because a few people booked hotels before the yeah, venue was announced. I mean, I think you're there pretty much all weekendly. I think I get in about 1 o'clock on the Sunday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, so I'm going to be across, in London
1: so... from the Thursday morning because I'm in for a business meeting on the Thursday night. Um, so I'm, I'm there. Four four
3: or five, yes. Nice. Uh, One more thing I would say is if, you know, chanting and being amongst a loud group of people cheering uh, for their team is not your thing, that's fine too. If you want to find a quiet corner to just watch the game among other 49er faithful uh, in the UK, that's absolutely fine too. You will not be pressured into doing anything. Feel free to come and just tell people say, i'm just gonna i'm just come here to watch and uh, it's it's totally fine we are very nice everybody is and understanding uh so do not be afraid to to be yourself uh, it's very important just come and enjoy do you do you um and if you're a little shy and you need uh you know a bit of guidance to get involved i'm sure these two up there and many more will uh, come and talk to you and try and bring you along because that's what we do uh but no obligation if if all you want to do is sit by yourself and watch the game that's totally fine
0: absolutely and that's a good thing to wrap it up on thanks for joining me lads uh good to see you again thanks for everyone who listens and watches and supports the show the podcast will be back later in the week to preview the browns game do enjoy the rest of your victory week. Do enjoy all of the uh, people eating a little bit of humble pie from the Brock haters. Um, and I am enjoying a little bit of the autopsy on how bad Dallas looked. Um, I don't think it takes the shine off us that that's been some of the focus um, because I've still been enjoying it. Hope you have enjoyed it too. Go Niners.
2: Happy
1: Corbe. Bang, bang, nan again. We love
2: it. Cisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep farm. Garrison hurts spit farm, going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with five time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice, down the